Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Hi everybody and welcome back to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. It's me, G, and as usual I'm joined by the lovely Betty. Hello. And Ola. Hey y'all. And we're also very, very lucky today to also be joined by Kay Webster. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. This is very exciting. I'm very, I'm, I'm very thrilled. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Nice. And so what was it that originally got you into writing romance books? Were there any like particular authors or anyone that inspired you to do it? Um, you know, I I actually didn't start writing or reading romance until maybe like a year before I started writing it. Like I wrote I read all of like, you know, crime stories and like um murder mysteries and horror and like all that kind of stuff and so I I don't know exactly what book kind of started it but one of my friends was like it might have even been 50 shades but she was like here read this romance book and I was like okay and I read it and I was like oh that was good and then I started you know reading romance and then um then I came across Pepper Winters and I was like, oh, she blended the the romance, like the juicy parts that I liked of the romance, but then the dark, like, you know, whodunit kind of stuff that the books that I had read before that I really enjoyed. So it was like kind of like a mix. And I was like, oh, wow. So it like opened up a whole new world of reading and writing. So I would say Pepper was pretty um, influential on me. <laughs> nice. I see. And you definitely can like tell when you because you do write a lot of more I guess dark romance so you, yeah that element of I guess like thriller <laughs> sort of bleeds into it as well mm-hmm. um do you have a current favorite book that you're reading at the moment oh gosh you know it's there's so so many different ones I'm constantly reading I'm on a Annabeth Albert kick and she writes a lot of like male male romance and they're um like navy seals and like bodyguards and you know they're just fuck yeah i know they're so (laughs) hot and sweet and just i don't know feel good just the right amount of angst and i've just been going through like her entire catalog and i don't get tired of them i just keep reading them and it's like it it gives me the perfect little escape from all the stress of the world because i can just kind of disappear into her sweet little you know male male romance Yeah, we're yet to do a male-male romance on the podcast yet, but I think we're going to get one lined up well, for next season. We've got an author coming on next season who's, like, they're very, very new author, and their next book is a male-male. They've only Perfect. released a couple of books. I'm very excited about this author. That's awesome. Not spoiling, but nobody's going to know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think today we'll definitely just be focusing on the Cinderella series that you wrote just because uh, like looking at your bio and website and then also Goodreads all the books that you've published Kay we've uh-huh. just written over a hundred books so we had to sort of narrow it down to right. focus on it um so how did you come up with the idea for the Cinderella series 
Well, it's actually a part of a world. Um, Dangerous Press, they're a publisher, and they basically came up with these two families that, you know, feud and they're like, you know, billionaires and all this stuff. And so they kind of came up with like a whole like family tree. And then they said, you know, um, we're, we're going to have like different characters have their own stories, but they weren't really, they hadn't really like told us really which direction to go, just that there was these people. And so they asked me if I wanted to write for them and I was like, yes. And they were like, who do you want to write? And so I looked at all of their little mini bios of, you know, like Winston was the oldest of this family and something about him, just, just seeing his name, like called to me and I was like I want that I want him and they were like okay and then they had another name for the girl and I was like oh no 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 let's I changed her name and they let me because I wanted to go with the whole Cinderella thing and I was like oh her name should be like you know should be this and blah 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 and so they were very nice and let me switch it all up but um the cool thing about that world is all of the authors kind of like have their books and they kind of stand alone but then you get like little glimpses of other people and other authors in this world and I live for that sort of thing so like when I was writing that series I tried to like you know give us a little glimpse of like all of the people you know and and so whenever they read my book they're like does so-and-so have a book and I'm like yep and they're like oh my gosh and does so-and-so have a book and I'm like yep you know because it I feel like that like makes it more fun for the reader to like find those little easter eggs and go hunting <laughs> yeah definitely that must have been really fun it'd be like doing like an anthology sort of thing with other authors that yeah really it was fun. it was really fun and then they have like um like their editors and they have readers that go through and um check for like world continuity and um make sure that you know like for instance one of the the villains in my story has his own series and he's the hero in his and mm -hmm. they and my character really really hated him and he was always like calling him a rat and all this stuff and they were they were like okay well we gotta tone it down a little bit because we want people to actually go read his books too and I was like oh okay <laughs> so you know they were really good about like still making sure that you know all the characters were still loved so nice that sounds so good um what was the favorite book that you wrote out of the Cinderella series do you have a favorite out of the three that you did um I would say probably the last book the glass slipper just because they get their happily ever after and I just love happily ever afters and there was a lot of like suspenseful drama that happened towards the end of that one and I love that kind of stuff so <laughs> nice yeah I really loved it too like how they sort of set everything up so like the dominoes will sort of fall mm -hmm. in one go like all the different like yep plot lines get wrapped up I like yep, that that's, that's what um, I love. <laughs> for our listeners out there that may not have read the Cinderella series could you give us just a really brief overview of what it's about sure um so it's it's loose well I think you asked you're gonna ask this question but it's loosely loosely based on Cinderella and um hence the stroke of midnight Prince Charming and the Glass Slipper titles. Um, uh, but anyway, the, the main character is Winston Constantine, and he is the eldest of his family. Um, they're billionaires, they're super rich, and he's very just cold and um, just, he just, you know, he's very, he's, he is family oriented, but he, I mean, outside of his family, he doesn't care about anybody. And 
he's just kind of bored with life, I think, but, um, and he's very controlling. He likes everything just so. And then you've got Ash who has to take on a job as a maid at his company. And, um, she doesn't want to be there. She didn't, you know, didn't ask for this. It was her birthday and she had to go work. And I mean, she was just, and, and her dad had taken her, her college money and spent it on his new wife and just all this stuff. So she was pretty bitter. So when she goes to clean his office, she looks in there and she's like, it's pretty clean. I don't think he needs me to clean this. And she just, you know, sits around and feels sorry for herself. Well, the next day, and she leaves some wrappers from her candy. And the next day he steps on one and just comes unglued. He wants to know who cleaned his (laughs) office, you know, who this person is, you know, I want to ruin their life. You know, he's just, furious like over the top furious like he I mean just he can't handle it and but once he meets her they have an instant like attraction and then that's where it gets fun because then they they start to realize they could use each other he's bored he needs some entertainment he's got tons of money to spend she needs money and she's kind of like I'll I'll do anything you know and so they've got this really fun little dynamic and their banter is just like on point I could write those characters I could write you could tell me right now write a you know a scene with them you know getting ready for Thanksgiving I'd be able to just whip it out because I love them so much and <laughs> they are just like totally ingrained in my brain and but anyway so their story is just about him basically thinking he just needs her for all his weird little kinks that he has and her thinking she just needs him for money, but they obviously get very involved, and then they've got a lot of family drama that comes with it on both sides. So that's that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> nice, yeah. I especially loved um, when reading them when people would always be calling Ash like a gold digger, and it's like that's literally the whole premise of their relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he's aware. Yeah. It's like it was like a little like wink. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. He knows. And and that's like part of their fun. Like she's, you know, it like, it's like his money. He has so much money. It, he doesn't even care. And so like part of the fun of that book is their negotiation. So she will like underbid herself and he's like, okay. And, she, and so then she starts to realize, oh, I could ask for just about anything and this man would give it to me. And so then, you know, she's just, they get more and more outlandish and it's, it's fun. It is fun. I especially liked it as well, like, when she would, um like, try to buy, like, she would give him money to do, like, sweet things. Yeah, so she'd yeah. be like, I'll give you back 50000 if you, like, cuddle me this time. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, because her, her heart was getting involved, and she, she was a sweetie, and he, as much as he was a grump, he, he got sweet for her, I think. Yeah, yeah, he was <laughs> very protective of her. Yeah. yeah. Um, and her birds. you... Yes, and a bird. <laughs> he becomes the bird daddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and these books are very smutty. There's a lot of there's a lot of filth in these books, which we love. A plus on the filth. <laughs> um, do you have any particular like smut or sex scenes that you're really proud of that you wrote? Um, you know, I liked them all, but I think one of the f- most fun ones that I did was it wasn't even really like a sex scene, but it was it was um, implied or, or something, but they were having dinner and there was like a breadstick scene where he was like, you know, I, you know, I will pay you X amount of dollars if you pretend to suck on this breadstick. Like, you know, <laughs> it's a cock. And she's like, okay, well, 
you know, give me this much and I'll gag on it. And he's like, fine, you have, to, you have to do it when the when the cook walks by or whatever, you know, at his house. And so they, they're just constantly like negotiating. And I just love that part. I thought it was fun. And um, and we actually did a, a cookbook um, for like this this midnight D- dynasty world. And the <laughs> recipe in there is Winston's breadsticks. <laughs> Oh my god, I loved it. Yeah. Oh my god, we're gonna need to find this cookbook. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so with the um sort of Cinderella inspired series, um, because we noticed yeah, it is a wee bit of like an outlier compared to your um your other some of your other books, or at least the ones that um that we've read. Um was it when you were approached by the publishing company, were they the ones that sort of were like, we want this to be like a fairy tale retelling or did you sort of choose to go in that direction yourself they kind of said that they wanted some kind of fairy tale retelling with um they would have they 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 wanted to have like the evil stepbrothers and and so I just took it and ran with it I was like I you know as soon as I saw as soon as I saw his name and it was like hmm him is a prince charming he's going to be like the exact opposite of a prince charming and I just could see like how much fun I could have with this and the whole like you know everything about it so yeah they they kind of just gave me like bare bones to work with and then I just like took off with it (laughs) nice and yet the evil stepbrothers in the cinderella series they have no redeeming qualities they are 100 percent evil yep Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) like probably some of like the worst people i've ever read about right right and then they went on to have their own duet called triple threat and death death wish yeah and they it they get their own story and it's a do they get redeemed Mm -hmm. do they oh oh my gosh yeah I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it I don't know I know I can forget I know so many people say that and they're like like my best friend Misty's like you can't make me like them and I was like okay and she she was like why did you do that to me (laughs) that's part of my magic everybody's redeemable in the author world I agree and and I didn't like just make them sweet but I made them good for the person that they're getting with you know because it's a reverse yeah yeah well it'd have to be (laughs) um outside of the cinderella series as well do you have a favorite book that you've written i know this is probably going to be really hard for you because you've written so so many books but is there one that stands out um well I would say the one that I always choose is The Wild because, not because it's like the best book, but it's just because I had to like go to war for that book. Like, you know, it, it got banned and it was just like a big old controversy. I was just about to ask you about that. Yeah. And so yeah. I feel very, um, and, and, it, and that book made me a lot of new readers and, um, you know, it just, it really opened up a lot of doors for me which you would think it wouldn't because you were getting like canceled or whatever, but it, it did the opposite. It really just kind of like cemented like my place in the author world and, and just did all this stuff for me. So I always feel very like, like that's, that's my book. That's my book that kind yeah. of put me on the map and it, you know, I'm, I'm proud of it. And, and I, and nowadays, like, I don't know, people still kind of talk trash about it, but for the most part, people love it. So nice. <laughs> It's a crazy book. I've read the summary. I don't know if I could read it, but it's yeah. freaking crazy. <laughs> it is. I've, I've read it. 
I like it. I love the the wild and the free. I read them both like together, the wild and the free, and I loved it. (laughs) It definitely divides opinions. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it definitely does. And and a lot of times, and and it's kind of fun because it's like I basically nowadays just tell people like, if you have any triggers, just don't read it. And then they're like, okay, well, I'm not going to read it. And then half the time they go back and they're like, well, I decided to read it because I just I just had to know, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So a lot of what is it that sort of draws you towards writing like those more like taboo sort of stories like the wild or um i you know i like reading things that are really different and weird and strange and just not usual and you know because when you consume a lot of books a lot of times they kind of start to feel the same and they're predictable almost a lot you know and sometimes we want that we kind of like that predictability but then sometimes we're in a mood where we want something that just totally just we have no clue what's coming and a lot of times that's how it is for those taboo and forbidden things because you don't know how it's going to play out like you don't know if they're going to go to jail or you know if they're going to die like you don't know anything because it's not something that really computes into the regular world and so it I don't know it's just it's interesting to me so I love to read them I love to write them I just I don't know they're fun can I ask how do you get banned on Amazon well, Amazon, that's a fate. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, Amazon, they don't really tell you exactly what's wrong. They, they, cause they like to cover themselves because then you could compare it to other books and be like, why is this one here? And why is mine not here? So they say your content is blocked for either the cover, the title or the content. I mean, and so you're like, okay, well, you know, it's, I know it's not the cover. I know it's not the title. So it's the content, but like what in the content, like exactly. And they don't ever tell you exactly, but I can guarantee that all of my books that have been banned were because of the content. And I kind of have an idea on some of them. I think it's like, um, you know, like the, like with the wild, their relationship, um, the, the age difference, all that kind of stuff. I, I'm, you know, it all goes into play. And even though like certain countries or certain states have different like age of consent levels, when it comes to Amazon, they are very strict on 18. And so you have to be like, you know, either, you know, that I feel like that's one that gets me a lot. So. Yeah. 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 Even know, like, it, there are so many like high school romances. Right. I know. And so it's, it's really weird. Like I, I don't, and then, and same thing with like, um, you know, like with Game of Thrones, they've got a lot of stuff that shows up in my yeah. books, like that kind of stuff. And it's okay for them. Cause you know, they're on HBO and making bazillions of dollars and yeah. I'm like, but they don't, you know, that's why they keep it very like vague because you can't, you can't go, well, my book has this and Game of Thrones has this. Why? What's the difference? You know, because they don't want to deal with all of that. I know. (laughs) Fuck them. Let's boycott them. No, let's not. (laughs) I really like Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, just a PSA for everybody listening as well. If you do want to read one of Kay's um, Ben books, they are available on her website. So they're still there. Except for not today because my website. Oh, no, the website's crashed. down. Yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> but it, but try back on Monday. <laughs> um, and so out of 
all of the books that you've written, like all your sort of like leading men or leading women, who would you most like to date? Like, who do you think would be the best partner? Um, I would definitely have to go with Winston again because he, 100. yeah, he's, first of all, he's loaded and he spoils <laughs> his woman and he's a good dad. So yeah, Winston definitely would be the, the book boyfriend of choice because he would buy me a yacht and he would buy me fancy cars i love how open you are about this people are like oh no like his heart is good you're very much like me where i'm like i just want free shit right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and i like, fully respect you for that because yeah, not a lot of like, people would say that out loud i know it's like i know he'd be a good husband because you know he's he has his happily ever after yeah and he's a good husband but he spoils her and i want to be spoiled <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it's better to cry in a Ferrari than a Toyota. That's what I say. Exactly. That's a good yeah. saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start using it. I that. say that all the time to people. <laughs> I was even like, after I read the, the Cinderella series, I was talking to my mum on the phone and I was like, I just read this really good book series and he was a billionaire and she was like really poor and he just like saved her and just gave her all this money. And why can't that happen to me? And my mom was like, oh my God, what about your partner? Like be nice to him. And I was like, I'm nice to him. Doesn't mean I don't want to be fucking showered in cash. Right, yeah. right. That's hilarious. Yeah, I know. This is why we read romance because we need a little escape. Exactly. Yeah, one of my friends is loaded. This is where the Ferrari thing came from. One of my friends is loaded and her boyfriend broke up with her and she was like super upset about it. And we were on the phone and I was like, okay, I'm crying in a fucking Hyundai. You're crying in a Ferrari. Like, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, go enjoy your life. Another man is going to come along with even more money because you've already got all the good shit. Like, you got to get in first and then I think you're good. Like, yeah. there's a system. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's and like let's be honest, like retail therapy, like buying things, being materialistic, actually does make you feel better. Yeah. Oh, like you, you feel good when you buy things. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Or when I you think when somebody not... buys something for you. That oh feels yeah. Even better. Oh, gifts are so nice. Oh, I love that feeling when you get like a really good gift, like when somebody yeah. just knows you well enough to know exactly what you'd like, and then you get it, and you're like, "This is the best day of my life." I'm it feels like you. so much better than if you'd bought it yourself. My partner sent me a text about Christmas, and he sent me a fucking high pressure washer, and he's like, "Do you want this for Christmas?" But like a water blaster? Like, Absolutely fucking not. Yeah, it's like a gurney. What? And I was like, "What the fuck do I want a gurney for?" And I got so angry, and I'm like, "No." You Christmas, I can tell. You live in an apartment. It's not even like you oh, have because like... of the cars. Oh, because of the apparently cars. I need it so that he can wash the cars. Oh, that's terrible. Oh that's my god, funny. so bad. He's not getting it though because I fucking lost it. I was like, if that pony <laughs> comes anywhere near our house, tell it's gonna break loose. <laughs> Just break it. Yeah, <laughs> terrible gift. He's a terrible gift giver. I think as we have people say that like money can't buy you happiness. There is like a certain point up to which money will buy you happiness, <laughs> but I think it's like, and it's like a lot of money. I think it's like, it's something insane, something like 800,000 US dollars, like a year. Oh. Like that's the limit. That That's when money stops making you happy. That's so like, if I'm earning like 800,000 US dollars a year, I, I would be fucking thrilled. Right? <laughs> Why does it stop there? What's the because theory? Because it's like, it like that, that, that's where it like plateaus. So like as your money rises, your happiness rises and then you hit around, I think it was 800,000 and then it just sort of, your happiness plateaus from that point. And I was like, of course it plateaus. You can't get any happier. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
you've reached your limit. Level 10 happiness. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right, getting back to books. We just got distracted by how much we'd all like to be spoiled and rich. Um, Do you have any plans for your next book, Kay? Um, I am like what ne- which book I'm working on next? Is that what you mean? Um, yeah, I am working on a book called The Tangle of Awful, and it is going to push the limits. That I, I I'm not going to get banned. I don't think. <laughs> But it is going to be very, I'm going to have to toe the line. Like, really what, what, What's the tropes? Tell us, okay, give well, us kind of a mini overview. Okay, well, it's MFM, okay. male, female, male. And it has so the to be, boys don't cross swords. Right. It has to be because it's the, the dad and the stepdaughter and his son. Not to not him to and her to him together, but they are having a war over her. Oh, so it's very much like Gravity, Sarah Kate. It's I don't know. I haven't read that one yet. But oh yeah, no, that's hectic. But they like Eiffel Tower her, the (laughs) son and the dad. Yeah, well that's that's and that's me. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to be really careful because. If it gets any kind of funky, then they're going to be like, oh my gosh, you you know, that's his son. Right, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it gets funky. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and that's and that's kind of like with Triple Threat and Death Wish, the, the triplets. I mean, there's three of them and this girl, it's like somebody's going to accidentally get something touched in the other. <laughs> you know, I know we are brothers, but nobody tell Amazon, please. <laughs> yeah, so. do you think like any sort of like incest featured in books is just like a one-way ticket to getting banned like is that I I, well I don't know because Amazon doesn't really tell you and a lot of times my books have that and the age issues so I don't know which Uh one's getting me in trouble so I I, I don't really know age gap like how bad are we talking here well, I think it's mostly if they're like teetering the eighteen years old. Like in mm. in some states, you can be younger, but according to Amazon, they want you to be eighteen. So if yeah. I have one that's like you know that, and if they're like, oh, it's my the eve before my eighteenth birthday, Amazon's like, oh my gosh, underage, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> really? So I don't know, and that's that's on me for pushing the the line, but I. I just feel like it's more interesting that way, you know? Like, it's more, ooh, I can't believe they're doing this, you know? Yeah, it's, like, so much more forbidden. Right! It's, like, once they turn 18, you're just, like, "Mm," you know? And so it's, like, (laughs) 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 so that gets me in trouble a lot, and, you know, and so I I put them on my website, and people go read them there, and they're very happy to go get them. (laughs) Maybe you should try a reverse age gap. I don't think that anyone would get as crazy about it. They probably wouldn't, would they, if it was, like, a a a guy? Like, like, he's 15, whatever. He's living his best life. That's how (laughs) fucked up society is. Uh Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't care. It's like, but the girl, she's being, you know, taken advantage. Yeah, being defiled. Manipulated. And, I know. Yeah. And I'm like, no, my, all my girls know what they're doing in my books. <laughs> they're <laughs> yeah. the manipulators. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones chasing it. Right. I I was talking to Ola as well about The Wild because she was like, should I read it? Like, I, I do really want to read it, but I don't know if it'll be too much. And I was like, the one thing, I was like, the one thing that actually got me is that it's quite, like, gore descriptive. Mm-hmm. like the with the there's a bit of death in it and a bit of violence and mm-hmm. 
after you mentioned as well about how you read a lot of like murder mystery and crime it has that feeling like that sort of eerie mm-hmm. like descriptive feeling yeah right yeah because there's like there's like a you know a sign or or a scene with the mom after she dies and she's like hanging from the tree by her arm you know and yeah and they're like trying to get her out of the tree because they want to like you know deal with her her body and it's it is it's gruesome and what they have to go through you know and but i like i like I like writing that kind of stuff. It's just interesting to me, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. Your, your language is very emotive as well. Like, it's very it's very descriptive. I reckon I, when I was talking to Ola and Betty about it as well, because when I read, I see everything like a movie, and then I find your writing is, like, super... I do super, as well. Betty's the weird yeah. one. Yeah, Betty sees... Betty, like, hears it as she's reading. Ola and I... Yeah, but also Betty doesn't have it. dreams, and she doesn't, like yeah imagine stuff like she's one of those weirdos well that's how that's how my best friend misty is and we talk about that too that i'm the the dreamer and the one that can visualize all the things and she she sees it in just like betty like in in words you know like she doesn't see the pictures in the movie inside her brain and i'm like i don't get it how how so, like I can fully it does make imagine it the house that you like where they had the ball and everything and oh my god it's so beautiful and Betty's like <laughs> it's a house right yeah. well, the problem <laughs> is like for okay. me is like if someone asked me like for example if someone was like to you what does Ash look like all I could give them was a description that you had given me like I couldn't create a picture separate but you couldn't of see what your the face. words that I just repeat the words that you had used. And to me, that's enough. I have no idea what it feels like to have an entire movie in your head. It's fucking lit. Yeah, it's pretty great, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but, I, like, and I reckon it's like that thing as well. I'm, I'm, I feel like I can speak for Ola as well, but we were probably, like, very distracted children. Yeah. Like, just off in your own world, you know? like and glue. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, the, I was the same way, just always in La La Land and just just thinking about all the things you know and Mm -hmm. just I mean I'm still that way and like if I'm mad at my husband I'll have a (laughs) I'll have a thought about how what if what if something happens to me in my car and I'm like in the ditch on the side of the road yeah and you'll feel sorry for me then you know (laughs) and then like you also like like redo arguments in your head all the time yeah 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 yeah. like arguments from like 15 years ago yes yes, Yeah. yeah Yeah. And then the worst part about it is, is lying in bed and thinking about your most embarrassing moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. And then all of a sudden, like, your heart's racing and you've yeah. never been and less tired in your life. And you can't forget what you were just thinking and it's just fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, with The Wild, I reckon that was probably one of the most, like, visually provoking books I've ever read. And so, because, yeah, because, like, with me, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but the more, like, taboo subjects don't bother me because I feel kind of the same way as you like we read so many books like for the podcast and outside of it that they do start to blur into one like it's hard to just remember the plot from one so I do I use your books as a way to sort of like break the cycle (laughs) which is really nice um and yeah but they I think it is more like the 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 gore that the gore in the wild that got me and even in the free where the girl because she gets um attacked by a bear Mm -hmm. yeah and that was like very gore descriptive 
Don't I have the like synopsis it. of this book because some, I was like, I don't think I can read it, but I'll read the synopsis. I gave up like three quarters of the way through. I was like, this is rough. <laughs> <laughs> this is too much for me. But hard. I understand why people read books like that. I'm just a bit of a, I'm a little bitch. I can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have the backbone for it. I love a rom-com and like extreme happy endings and it just being like, grumpy sunshine or freaking (laughs) golden retrievers i'm very basic essentially but um i was reading and betty's like yes she is (laughs) 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 i was reading the synopsis and that is like your imagination must be incredible to come up with stories like the ones that you've come up with because they are crazy yeah what is like your process around like your ideas and writing um, well, like for the wild, I, first of all, I love survival romance. I love watching any show where people are like stuck in the wilderness and they have to survive. I love zombie stuff where it's like the end of the world and they have to go forage for their food. And like, I just love to watch people survive and, and struggle. <laughs> I guess I'm a sadist, but, um, and so in books, it's like, I really enjoy that. And so I actually had read um a book by gosh I can't even think of her name now but it was called under Mr. Nolan's bed or something like that and it was a really taboo story and I and I was like oh that was so good I want to write a really taboo story and then I was like what could I write you know and that's kind of how it starts is like I I find something I really enjoy and then I'm like I want to read more of that and so what happens is I went out on Amazon at the time and I started trying to find more stuff for what I was looking for, like that quality of book, because it was really good. And there's nothing, it was very like porny, you know, it was just like, mm-hmm. you know, here's the pizza guy, you know, it's very <laughs> easy. And I was what like, I like. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. And pizza I was like, I, I was like, I want something like really deep and really emotional, but still filthy hot and, you know, very naughty and bad. And, and so it's like, I guess I got to write it, you know? And so, (laughs) and so with the wild, I literally wrote that book from Sunday to Sunday, the whole book. That's mad. That's crazy. Yeah. Because I was just like, once I got it in my head that I wanted to do it, a story formed. And since I love like survival stuff, because I was basically saying, how could I get away with a happy ever after with this story because of what it is? I was like, well, they'd have to be away from civilization and then I was like mm-hmm. you know and then and I love Alaska and I like love all of the outdoorsy stuff I am like not an outdoorsy person so I have to like live vicariously through my my you know characters and so I was like I could put them in Alaska Ooh, and then you know and then it's like it just like spirals from there once I get my you know head around something so Incredible nice. imagination. Cool. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Especially since it served you well. I mean, a hundred books later, here we are. <laughs> Here's to a hundred more. What's next yeah. after the, what do you have like another series coming out? Anything like real crazy? Um, Any crazy actually, ideas? Well, this is actually not super crazy, but sort of crazy. Um, I'm actually writing a book in a world with my friend a world that we created and it's a post-apocalyptic world. So basically like all these cataclysmic events are going to happen and our characters are brothers. So she tells one brother's story and I tell the other brother's story and they are going to like meet up at the end um, to where they're going. But they have in like hers is just like all this other stuff. And then mine's like 
um, we basically have two different cataclysmic events happening. Um, they're, they're like, um, earth type of things that are happening, like, you know, earthquakes and tsunamis and, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and fires. And, and so, um, anyway, it's just not like something I've really written because it's, it's actually in like a post-apocalyptic, like fiction type, um, genre, which there will be some romance in mine, but it's not going to be like a full on romance. It's going to be more like, you know, they're trying to survive and it's just going to be like lots of world building and, and, and everything. So I'm really excited because it's kind of like a passion project for me because again, I love that kind of stuff. Um, but I haven't really ever written it. I just like little bits and pieces in my stories. And so it'd be fun to like actually do this with somebody who that's her forte. Like that's all she writes. And she's kind of like known in her genre for that. And so I'm kind of like learning from her. So it's fun to just do something different. Yeah, that sounds really cool. That sounds, yeah, like a kind of like almost like a dystopian, dystopian sort of like sci-fi sort of. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be cool. And I feel like that a lot of my readers will read it, you know, like, because so many of us do read so many different things. And if it sounds good, you're like, hmm, I'll go read that. You know, it doesn't always have to be like full on 100%, you know, sexy times, like not for me. At least. Yeah, so it does for me. Yeah, yeah. Ola can't go without it. Yeah. No, I have to take breaks. I have to take smut breaks and read like other novels without sex. <laughs> yeah. I feel like and whenever I speak to anyone, I've got like two brain cells. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the basic one. <laughs> and so, as our final question, do you have any advice for aspiring female authors out there? Um, I have lots of advice. No. Um, <laughs> Give it all. We want it. You want it all. Um, I feel like there's so much like you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this, and I feel like I've tried to do that throughout my whole um career. But what's always served me the best is when I went with my gut feeling and what felt right, and not what everybody said I should do or could do or couldn't do. And so, if you feel like writing a certain type of story and you feel like marketing it a certain way and you feel like doing your business this kind of way, like do it because that's what feels right and that's gonna like set you apart from everybody else. And so many people get hung up on, okay, well, what do I do next? I've got to do this and I've got to do ads for my book or I've, I can only, you know, I should only do KU or I should only do this or, you know, and it's, it's kind of like you kind of, really need to just think about what you like to do, you know, whether if you want to write um, a post-apocalyptic book one day and then a really smutty book the next day and then a taboo book the next day, like if that's you, then do it, you know? Um, Cause a lot of times people say, Oh, you got to stay in your own lane. You can only write, you know, if you want to be successful and you're writing contemporary romance, you've got to stay writing contemporary romance. Don't go into sci-fi cause your people aren't going to go read that because they only want this. And it's like, well, I didn't like that. Like for myself, I didn't like being told that because I, I am a mood reader. So I'm going to be a mood writer, you know? And, and I was like, "Mm, that doesn't work for me. And, you know, at first I I would try to stay with that and it, it, I just didn't feel happy. And once I started doing it, you know, however I wanted to, that's when I started getting successful. And honestly, Yes, some of my books, like I have a vampire book, you know, nobody reads that book, but I had fun and I enjoyed it and I'm glad I wrote it, you know, and it's, you know, so it's like whatever floats my boat is what I'm going to write. 
and I'm going to be happy with it. And I think so many people get like hung up on the whole successful and the rank and, you know, you've got to sell this many copies and you've got to get this and all this. And I think it takes away like the joy of it all. And, um, I don't know. I just feel like you just got to do what you want to do. I don't know. That's yeah. not like good advice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good, that's a good point as well, because you can always tell, I reckon when, when if somebody's super passionate about what they're creating and putting out there, it always bleeds through into the quality of the work as well. So yeah, I guess yeah, if don't write or do something you're not enthusiastic about because it will show. Right. And and then another thing I will say as far as on the business side of it for new authors, from the very get go, start a newsletter. Like that's like the most important thing because take it from somebody who gets canceled all the time and gets banned all the time and all these things. It's like you have to build up your um, readership and and like hang on to them no matter what's happening all around you. And with your newsletter, you own that and that's all yours and you can grow on that. And, you know, like a lot of my sales come directly from my newsletter. Um, like my readers are waiting for that newsletter to see what I have and then they'll go from there to buy wherever. And I feel like so many people rely on certain platforms or whatever and it just... <laughs> I don't know. It's scary. I've seen, I've seen my books get banned. I've seen people's accounts get banned. You know, I've seen people get like completely canceled and they disappear. And so it's like, I like that ownership of your own little thing. So that's definitely something they should do. And, and, and so many people don't think about that. They're just like, Oh, it's just a newsletter. And it's like, no, this is your direct contact to your readers. They're not going to get lost in social media land. Like it goes into their email and if they care, they're going to open it up and read it so nice yeah that's some good advice all right well thank you so much for joining us today Kay we've had so much fun it's so good to meet you in person we've been emailing for a while so it's nice to get to chat I know I I was having fun too and um I'm glad we finally did this because I've just been so busy and it's like you know it's nice to stop and just like talk books and you know not so we do every week. week. Yeah, we do it every so week. We do <laughs> it. Highlight of the week. <laughs> it's it's fun to do it. You know, it's the is the writer. We don't often get in there and like talk about the books. You know, as readers, we do. We talk about the books and we get it all excited. But as far as you know, the writers, a lot of times we kind of get stuck in our own little world of what we're doing, and we don't get to kind of like gush about the characters that we obviously loved enough to write a story <laughs> yeah. about. So it's fun. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, anytime you want to come back, just let us know because we've had a good time (laughs) and thank you everybody that's listening at home for listening to another episode uh next week we will be talking about the chestnut springs duet by elsie silver bethany picked this one and i think it's a cowboy the cowboy the grumpy sunshine (laughs) cowboy romance and he's a bad boy in the rodeo Ooh, (laughs) yellowstone vibes Exactly. <laughs> Ola hates Ola hates country music. I'm on a massive country music kick at the moment, so I had to find a cowboy romance. I feel you like should, um, all the Americans make will hate me for saying playlist. that because it's like the number one listened genre in America. <laughs> it's country music. We should make a country music playlist and force Ola to listen to it Fuck while she's no, reading. That would actually like that's like Guantanamo Bay level for me. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. That's pure torture. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
All right, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team. Thank you.